0: Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type one diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Before we dive into this episode, I need to tell you about the newest Skin Grip launch. I don't usually brag about products that much, but when there are genuine companies out there making life with diabetes easier, I really do think that everybody should know about them. Grip just launched their newest Grip mats collection for the Dezcom G-Sits and Freestyle Libre. Not only is this a smaller in size, high performance, and non-frighting option, but let me tell you, it works. I was lucky enough to be able to try them out, and first of all, this thing did not even lift. And the more impressive thing is that I was wearing my Dezcom on my leg at this time. And we all know that that is not always possible. What I really loved about it was that it's really discreet, which I really appreciated. As much as I'm comfortable showing off my diabetes, sometimes I just want my devices to lay low. This new collection is all about Matt's performance, Matt's protection, and Matt's comfort. You can try them out for yourself at skingrip.com using the code L-I-S-S-I-E to save. Now let's dive into the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Keep You 100 Radio. Today, we're back with another T1D tips with Jessica Herlicka. As you may know, she's our nutrition coach inside of Keep You 100. And if you don't follow her on Instagram already, please do because her whole feed will make you drool—so many good recipes. Um, but Jess, do you want to take a second to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, my name is Jess. I'm a registered dietitian. I'm a certified. Diabetes care education specialist. I've been in the field now for over a decade. I'm the nutrition coach inside of Keeping It 100. And yeah, just love talking about everything food and non restriction for diabetes. That
0: one is huge because I feel like when we get on a lot of calls with people living with diabetes, their first initial reaction to, oh, you've registered dietitian is, will she tell me to cut foods out? (laughs) So if you're worried about that, that is not just a style. It's always, how can I make this work for me? But something that's been coming up a lot on our Keep 100 calls and just in general is the idea of how do I know when I need to bolus for things? So when I was personally first diagnosed, I was told, you know, eat low carb, high protein, um, you know, your, basically your free snacks would be anything like low carb, high protein, same thing with meals. I was kind of taught if you're having a salad with chicken, like don't bolus, but for me, that personally never worked. So I was just interested in your takeaway from that or your input on, on what that can look like.
1: Yeah. So the myth of the free foods, um, a lot of those foods aren't necessarily free. Some of those foods still have carbohydrates and they can still make an impact on your overall blood sugar levels. So if we're thinking about something like vegetables, those definitely still have carbs in them. Now that there's all of these low carb keto foods out, um, they're not essentially 100% no carbs. So they're still going to have an impact. And then we have to remember that protein still converts into glucose in your body as well. So we have to think about, you know, the protein content, what are the carbs, what are the fibers and how does it impact your blood sugars?
0: That's such a good point. I was always somebody that never counted vegetables because again, typically told, okay, they have fiber in them. So they're free foods and same thing with the high protein meals. So it's just kind of like, okay, I want bowls for them. And then saw my blood sugar slowly creeping up and I'm like, okay, am I doing something wrong? So can you kind of give us some examples of what would be considered low carb, high protein, like what that can look like on our plate?
1: Yeah. So a low carb, high protein meal, like you said before, like the whole chicken and salad, um, if you do something like steak and vegetables, or even if you're having a burger, but you're having it without the bun. So you're just having like a burger and vegetables. So essentially that's that, you know, low carb, no carb, but it can still impact your glucose levels.
0: How would I know if it's going to impact me or not? Like maybe certain foods won't impact me versus some foods will. How can I kind of navigate that?
1: So I would look at the overall carb count of the foods. When it comes to the protein, you really want to look at the size of the protein. Um, 50 to 60% of protein does convert into glucose in our bodies, albeit slowly. So you may, that's when you see that slow rise after the low carb meal. Um, but the amount of protein is really what's going to make an impact in your overall glucose. So you may want to factor that in. And then also don't forget if there's any kind of sauces, dressings, you know, on salads, things like that, that can make a big difference in your blood sugars.
0: So does that mean I need to count every bit of protein and count that towards my bolus?
1: So actually, because only about 50% of the protein converts into glucose, you wouldn't necessarily need to count the whole thing. And when I'm talking about large portions of protein, I'm talking about, you know, something that's like six, seven, eight up to 10 ounces of protein, you may notice the biggest difference. So again, everybody's body is different and when you notice that difference, but essentially about half of that is going to convert into glucose. So you wouldn't want to count all of it as carbohydrates and bolus for all of the protein. And you also may need to not bolus for all of that protein upfront. Um, so it may be half, it may be less than that. Um, sometimes the lower fat meats like fish or chicken don't have as much of that spike later on. So you may not need as much for that. So that's kind of individualized, but 30 to 50% of that protein, you may need to consider in your bolus strategy.
0: Mm, That's really interesting. So if protein converts into glucose or a certain percent of it converts, does that mean I should avoid protein to avoid that spike or to avoid any extra blood sugar rise?
1: No, not necessarily. You know, protein keeps you full. It it generally works well for blood sugars in your meals um, because it does slow down that blood sugar spike. Um, obviously you need it for your muscles and your hormones. Um, so definitely don't shy away from the protein, but I think figuring out with how different proteins affect you, you know, how does the portion of protein affect you? Um, and looking at maybe when you need a bolus for them based on your finger stick or your CGM would be the most helpful.
0: Definitely. So with that being said, what are some strategies that I can try to implement if I am having a higher protein meal, or I mean, I'm going out to dinner and I, you know, I love my steak or I love my big piece of chicken. Like what are some things that I can utilize there?
1: Yeah. So I would try to think about the ounces first, if you can, um, like a general rule of thumb, um, like the palm of a woman's hand is about like three ounces. So you can kind of use the palm fist references. A man's, uh, palm is usually more like Four to five ounces. Um, so use that as a reference, or you could always ask them, you know, do you know the ounce of steak um, for this portion? Get an idea of, again, about 50% of that is going to convert into glucose. Um, and instead of taking it up front, you may need to utilize an extended bolus or bolus for the protein afterwards depending on when you see your blood sugar spiking from that protein. And then definitely use, you know, carb counting apps for looking up veggies, salads, um, or ask if they have that nutrition information available at the restaurant.
0: I love that. What about if I'm on MDI and I can't utilize something like an extended bolus?
1: So you could always split your dose. You could always carb count for the veggies that you know that are going to convert into glucose quicker than the protein, carb count for those, take a dose for that. Um, And then later on, take your dose for the protein, whether that's when you finish eating it an hour after your dose, that's going to depend on the individual. And again, when you see those blood sugar spikes or maybe how long it takes you to eat your meal. This
0: was really helpful. I love all of this. Thank you, Jess.
1: Yeah, of course.